is this something that I'm inspired or passionate about doing and I can actually help people, um, but also listening to your audience. So I think that's like one of the biggest components when it comes to crafting messaging at all that's going to land or resonate, right, is that listening component, which I think we often forget or we don't do enough of because we're trying to fill that void, right? So we're trying to share and tell and show people, you know, I can help you, but we forget to sort of stop and listen. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years where I focused on marketing and branding strategy along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today and to dive in to today's topic, messaging that sells. Do you ever feel like you're struggling to put together the right messaging to connect with your ideal client or customer? Well, today's guest, Katherine Thompson, is going to break it all down for you. And bonus, if you've ever thought of creating an online course, she's going to have some tips and tricks to help your messaging there too. Katherine is an award-winning marketing and communications expert, published author, and messaging strategist and conversion copywriter for online entrepreneurs. She has a bachelor's degree in marketing and master's degree in communication with over 15 years of public relations, branding, and copywriting experience. She's the CEO at Creatively Owned and the founder of her signature program, The Messaging That Sells Accelerator. She's passionate about helping online entrepreneurs master their messaging so that they can stand out online and create the impact and income they desire. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Catherine, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Yeah, I'm excited to be a guest. Yes. I like your mug, by the way, with the little, is it a llama with a scarf on? It is. And or a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. And it actually says, hello, lovely on the inside. Oh, it's quite lovely. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. So tell us about your background and what it is you do. Yeah. So basically I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I've done a variety of different things, but I spent most of my time um, working in corporate for 15 years as a marketing mm. communications expert. So my background, I've got an undergraduate in marketing and a master's in communications. And so I gradually obviously went into corporate after um, yeah. obtaining those. And then I ditched my corporate career actually four years ago, almost four and a half years ago now to open a winemaking business. Um, wanted to get out of corporate, was dying to jump into that entrepreneurial uh, life. And then yeah. I actually just sold that business. And now I'm doing consulting work again, back doing marketing communications and helping small businesses. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. When you opened your wine business, was there anything, um, like marketing related that was harder for you to do, like actually owning it 
with all of the knowledge of how to market things. Is there anything that surprised you? Yeah, for sure. I basically forgot all of my marketing <laughs> training. <laughs> so when you, you know, I'd always kind of helped other businesses with their marketing communication. So, you yeah. know, I mean, as much as you're in their business and helping them, you don't really get the ins and outs of like running a small business or brick and mortar. Right. Like you just don't feel it. And so um, working those long hours to grow your business and start your business is the real deal. And before you know it, at the end of the day, you just don't have time to sort of think. So for me, I was just throwing things against the wall, that old spaghetti against the wall, hoping something will Mm -hmm. stick. Um, And again, I advise people not to to take that approach, but I completely forgot, like I said, my own, my own advice. And so it took, took a while for the dust to settle in those early years to kind of go back to my roots and, and build my business um, in the way I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a very glamorous um, business to own, like a winemaking business. It was definitely, it was super fun. And I mean, the processing of it wasn't necessarily what I expected. There's a lot of labor there. Um, But the front end dealing with customers, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing was super awesome. They're all happy. They're there to get their wine. So (laughs) right, right. Yes. There's, there's several vineyards kind of near where I live. So it's fun to be able to go and get like our local wine and try. Yes. Yes. Yeah, very nice. Awesome. So uh, shifting gears a little to the work that you do today, you work with your clients to craft like these really compelling messages that help them fill their launches and sell out their coaching programs. How can, if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I've been thinking about doing a course, I want to do it for myself, like how do they start to create those messages and accomplish kind of that initial communication plan for a launch? Yeah, for sure. So basically, I always say you kind of want to look at your messaging in sort of two different ways. So you've got your traditional brand messaging, like who you are, what you do, why you do it, what you stand for, that sort of thing. And then there's the launch messaging, which is different than that brand messaging. They go hand Mm -hmm. in hand, but the launch messaging is more conversion-based or sales-based. So you want to be able to write in a way that um, creates that demand or that urgency for what you're selling and why is it different, right? So that's where I see a lot of new course creators when they come onto the market. Um, That's where they struggle. They've got sort of their brand foundation. Some of them don't even have the brand foundation, but then they go to try and sell something um, and they're not communicating in a way that positions their offer as unique or different than what else is, what is out there in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so what mm-hmm. makes you different? Why should someone invest in it? And then what's the like, what's the demand? Why should people care? Why should your audience care? And that's typically speaking, like I say to the what they're going to get out of it. So oftentimes, mm-hmm. you see course creators list like you're going to get five zoom calls, and you're going to get a Facebook group and all of that. And I call that features while they're important. Yeah, yep. That's not your selling point. Right, your selling right. point is like, how are you going to help? Yeah, the yeah. benefit of what your what your audience is looking for, whether that's, you know, to lose weight or uh, more alignment in their life, whatever that right. is. Yeah. Right. I think it's something so um, I have been kind of thinking about and starting to work on my own course as I've I'm going to try to like distill this into not my life story in yeah. one podcast, but basically I've been kind of like considering switching my target audience and it really just kind of came out of this idea for the course, which is really where like my strengths and my passions are. And as I've been thinking about like how 
to do this, one of the things that I like really try to focus on are those benefits. And I'm wondering, like, as somebody creates a course, well, okay, first question, do you feel like there's course fatigue out there? Like, is online course creating an online course, is that even something that like is worth doing at this point? Or is the market so saturated that it's like, uh, move on? Or is it something that people can still kind of go into? And then how how is that different? Um, how do I want to ask this? Like, how is marketing that different than um, a business that doesn't have an online component? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, to answer kind of the first part, do I think there's course fatigue um, and and is the market oversaturated? I always say that if there's still people having problems, there's always a market mm. for it. However, the market is more sophisticated now. And so yeah. They've gone through the webinars and they've gone through the challenges and they've gone through the live launches and they know they're going to get pitched at the end of it. And so I always say to my clients is like, can you offer or promote funnel people through this journey with you in a different or unique or innovative way? Is there some different Mm -hmm. way you can do that? Um, And not necessarily that you have to do webinars or challenges or any of that. Um, Your clients can come to you in different ways, right? And so what unique way and fits with your own sort of like energy type, right? So I always say launching is exhausting in a lot of ways. And I often hear clients say like, oh, it's just so tiring and all that sort of thing. So is there a more easy or seamless way that you can do it? Mm -hmm. So do I think that people are coursed out? I think that that they're more sophisticated with the launch process. But I also think that they're that people are looking for, and I've heard this lots lately, is different ways in terms of that you deliver your course as well. So that the traditional modules and that sort of thing, is that what your mm. audience needs to get the biggest transformation? Or is there a different unique, like I said, unique way of you offering it? So those are the questions yeah. that I would pose as you're creating a course for the first time, mm. or if you've launched a couple times and you're still kind of not necessarily seeing the results, um, are there different ways? And and asking your audience is a is a big one, right? It's like what sure. what do they how do they want to learn, right? Yeah. I think that's there's so so I've been kind of like putting this off. It's a goal that I like set for myself. And now that I'm a month into 2021 and I've like essentially wasted a month of my yeah. <laughs> my time um in the like three months that I kind of gave myself to build it. I'm starting to kind of like think through this process a lot more and be like, okay, how, how does this like come together? And, um, it's just, there's a lot to take in, I think, yeah. especially when it comes to kind of that, that launch plan and it's overwhelming and it's kind of intimidating to try to like, think of, are there new ways? Because yeah. I like the easiest way, right. Is to kind of duplicate what it has totally. kind of come for you. Um, so it's something that I've kind of been like nervous about because yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you sink all your time yeah. and your energy into it yeah. and then you're not sure like it's even going to go anywhere. Totally. And so I, that's interesting. again, I go back to that whole launching. Yeah. It's like just launch, right. It's like, again, it's just like that right. you learn so much from the launches too. So figuring out, I guess, yeah, like yeah. not necessarily reinventing the wheel if it's your first time and you want to just kind of try it out. Um, you'll learn right. a ton, learn a ton. And then I think you had asked if there was a difference between marketing or selling courses yeah. versus other. Yeah. 
um, to me, sale, like I say, sales is sales. So whatever mm-hmm. you're selling um, is going to look different depending on what you're selling. So for instance, selling wine, I still had to figure out how to position myself differently than other wine places, right? right? Um, you're going to want to do the same with your courses. It's just that you're selling more of an intangible um, yeah. feeling or yeah. transformation um, versus like, buy this wine, it's good, you can drink it with your friends kind of thing, or a vacuum cleaner to vacuum your house or whatever right. product base, right? So there are right. some different approaches you'll take, but they're, they're still the same groundwork or foundation. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's, I had a boss who used to say that like, marketing is marketing. Yeah. So he was like, I can, he's like, I've worked in a ton of different industries. He goes, and it's at the end of the day, it's all kind of the same activities, yeah. you know, like your, your foundation, your best practices don't necessarily change. You just sort of have to like learn that industry and like kind of yeah. adapt and tweak some things. He was like, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm a marketer and I can, I can figure it out, you know, as long as I, as long totally. as I'm confident enough in myself to figure out that niche or that industry, then we're kind of, we're off to the races. So totally, that makes a lot of sense. And I think how much like market research should people be putting into something like this? Is it something that you just sort of like go with your gut? Is it something that if you have the ability to do research and like talk to your ideal customers and stuff like that, like what goes into it? Yeah. So I think um, all of that, right. Is like obviously listening to that sort of that gut or intuition, like, is this, Mm -hmm. is this something that I'm, inspired or passionate about doing and I can actually help people um, but also listening to your audience so I think that's like one of the biggest components when it comes to crafting messaging at all that's going to land or resonate right is that listening component which I think we often forget or we don't do enough of because we're trying to fill that void right so we're trying to share and tell and show people you know I can help you but we forget to sort of stop and listen. And I, I also think that the action that you take, so I learned and I continue to learn every launch I do and every client that I come across, or I'm constantly learning about more about what they want. And so oftentimes mm-hmm. we sit in that, paral- we get paralyzed by, I got to do all this market research. I got to put a survey out. I got to do all these things. Yeah. And I'm about like, do the research, take action, you're going to learn by doing, right, and right. It's, it's all one big sort of holistic approach. I think the, the quicker you can take action and work with clients in general, the more you're going to yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I um, am kind of considering shifting and like speaking directly and working with marketers, like corporate marketers who need Amazing. help. Um, that's where my that's where my background is. That's where my experience is. And I've been thinking about this shift for a while and then sort of been like holding off because I am also like, I'm really passionate. You know, like I do like wanting to work with small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, But I hosted a workshop recently where um, it was two corporate marketers. And I was just like, ah, this is, it got me like fired up. And it just was really, I'm like, this is where I feel like I'm really meant to be at. Yeah. and I'm fortunate, like I have a really amazing group that I'm a part of on Facebook where I was like, okay, if I create a survey, like hopefully I can put it out. And even if I got like 10 people to answer and give me some information, you know, hopefully they're, hopefully they would be like a little more helpful. I <laughs> get some more yeah. responses out of that. But just kind of thinking about like, how do I 
how do I get to those people? But realizing and recognizing, like you said, that like it's going to change and you're going to learn a ton. I did a lot of market research before I created the offers that I have now. Yeah. And I'm still like learning things and changing them and tweaking them. And then also going through like big shifts and things like that as totally. you kind of learn. Um, especially I think if you're early on in your business, because it changes so much within the first like one to three years that it's like... 100%. You also just kind of have to recognize and be fine with being like, okay, well, that one, you know, like let's shift gears and like try again or try something different or tweak this process. Um, totally. Because you just kind of continue to grow and learn as you totally. get that feedback. Yeah, totally. So if someone is listening and they're like, okay, I want to do – I want to do a course, but I don't feel like I'm a good writer. I don't feel like I understand like how to even get the message out about my course. Like where do you suggest they start? Yeah. So again, probably 99.9% of my audience or clients that come to me tell me they're not good writers. And um, <laughs> so I hear that all the time and I, and I get it right. When you're trying um, something new or doing something like that, um, you're not going to have that fully honed or refined. And so my yeah. best advice for anyone is just start writing yeah. without self-editing. So there's this, and yeah. that's where your voice gets dulled or it becomes sounds like everybody else. Yep. Um, because, because we're constantly self-editing or we're like, look at this coach, look what they're saying. It mm -hmm. seems to be working for them. So I'm going to try and like emulate what they're doing. Yep. So I just say, get out and write. It's like any craft. It's like a musician or yes. an artist or anything. It takes practice and it takes time to really hone those skills. And so the mm -hmm. better, the only way you're going to get better is by, by doing it. Um, one quick tip or trick that I often, um, share with my audience is like talk the, or write the way you speak, right? That's yeah. where your full authenticity is going to come out. And so even if that requires you recording what you're, what you want to say, like if you find yep. it easier to speak versus write, just record it and then transcribe it. And then mm -hmm. from that template is a really great way um, to at least get some ideas down on paper and in writing because the transcription will, will write it out for you. So. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think like making sure that you have those really authentic messages too is really critical. And I've heard kind of the, I've heard the trick to like speak as you write and I've told this story like on a separate podcast, but I, I think that you get more comfortable when you do it that way and you kind of get over that hump. And it's something that like, even I've struggled with as I have kind of made the switch from corporate marketing over to marketing for myself. Like I finally just got to the point where I was like, I don't have time to overthink this email. Like I, and I think I even typed it in there. I was like, I am a day late sending this. There are kids running around my house screaming and yeah. I, I just, I, here it is. And I just sort of like word vomited out into the email. And I was like, there you go. I don't even, I just don't have time, but it sounded like me and it felt more like it had more personality in it. And it was one of my better emails. So totally. I think that just like, sometimes you kind of have to get out of your own way and just like do it, do it and, and get out there. And that whole like conditioning around, especially now in the online space with online and personal brands is like, when I went through my undergrad in marketing, it was all about being professional. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
we had to self-critique our classmates, our peers. Yeah. And I remember one group being critiqued for what they wore because yeah. they didn't look professional enough. And so we yeah. got this idea of what we're supposed to look like or what we're supposed to be. And I struggled in corporate because I'm pretty casual and laid back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I always was like, I don't want to wear a suit and I don't feel good in suits. And so do I right. fit in this corporate marketing world? I'm very, I, yeah, I don't wear a ton of makeup. I, my hair is yeah. usually in a top knot. Like <laughs> I just was like, are people going to take me seriously? And so we all fight that, right? And yeah. that whole fear of like, I, I'm not, am I projecting or portraying myself as professional or as legit? Or are they going to yeah. take me seriously? Or is my age going to be a factor? Am I too young or am I too old? Right? We right. all these things that we um, play in our mind, which at the end of the day, people just want to be want to relate to you. And the right. way they can do that is by saying, I've got kids running around my house and I can, I have one hour to like craft this, or I've got 15 minutes before yep. I have to put a kid down for bed nap or whatever. So right, right. It, like, that's, what's going to draw your audience in is like, this is a real human. That's like juggling all the things. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I read recently, I can't remember where I read it, or maybe it was just like a conversation. I think it might've been a conversation in this marketing group that I'm um, part of. Cause a lot of times like people will find examples of posts. They're like, this is just really brilliant. Like, look at how they pulled this off. And somebody made the point like um, that COVID has, has for marketers been a little bit of a blessing in that it's really like humanized a lot of brands. So you know, as mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and small businesses, we've been able, like, we've had the privilege of being able to be like, this is who I am. Like, I'm just kind of showing up here today. But I think there was always still kind of that desire to like look and sound more like a corporate brand. And there's kind of been this like interesting meeting meeting in the middle where it's humanized some of those brands where now sometimes like on social media, and I've seen this quite a bit recently where like, it's not coming from it's not coming from we the organization it's coming from the social media manager's voice like the person who's actually typing the post is like yeah. is like listen i've got you know and they're they're just speaking about it and people have been like oh my gosh it's just so oh yeah there are people behind this brand yeah and then i think it's also for entrepreneurs kind of leveled us up to say all right, well, I don't have to sound like a brand. Like people are responding more to big brands as they become more humanized. So I don't, I can like release myself from that pressure of trying to sound like so diplomatic. And I think sometimes too, like when you're trying to sound like a big brand, you end up sounding very, like very diplomatic, very sterile because that's what, that's what corporate branding has traditionally been. Totally. Totally. You know, there's like a hint of personality. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to writing for a corporate brand. Totally. And there's a ton when it comes to and very comes- structured. Like there's that that mm-hmm. corporate brand has like that brand voice. It's very structured. Don't sway. Right. And so mm-hmm. I always say like the depth and the vibrancy and the texture comes from like the unscripted, right? Mm -hmm. Where you are sharing like what's going on and 
I'll never forget, it was years ago when there was the news broadcaster in the States that was like in his office on a Zoom call or something. Yeah, yeah. And his kid ran in the room <laughs> and he was like mortified and everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And almost right. mortified for him. And now it's like, this is the norm because of COVID. You see kids right. running or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Totally, totally. I, I'm still like after a year of working at home with my kid or almost a year working at home with my kids, like it still floors me sometimes when people get a little like, um, where they sort of poo poo seeing like the kids and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a mom of three kids. Two of them fortunately right now are like back in school full time. But I was like, I have a little baby who isn't in daycare right now. And I'm just like, I'm always sort of like, really? You're sort of, like unless unless they're like being totally disruptive and there have been moments where I'm annoyed with them, but unless they're like being super disruptive, like it's still now right. I get weirded out when like people are like, Oh, oh, your kids your kids in the background. Are they <laughs> yeah. are they gonna leave? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like they're probably gonna come and talk to you. Yeah. And they're probably gonna like say something weird. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's, it's so, I think it's so refreshing and lovely that, and for us to embrace it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I have, I mean, I've done tons of group coaching calls and like the kids come and sit on their parents' lap and they're like waving because it's, it's, they're intrigued by it. I think we can learn a lot from kids, to be honest, (laughs) about being our authentic self and true self and embrace (laughs) that weird comment that they say like, oh, that was pretty cute. (laughs) Yes, totally. All right. So thinking about like this course launch and where you go once once you've got this, like how how does somebody think through like what should my course include? How do I talk about that so that it's not me just talking about the features of the course? Like how do I how do I go about kind of putting all of that messaging together? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I always say like the two really key things, obviously, that are going to dictate how successful your launch is, is going to be your offer and your messaging. Is your messaging in alignment with what Mm. and speaking and landing with your audience? And so I always start, if it's a new course that you're offering, I always recommend creating the offer promise. Like what, what, what are you promising that your, that that offer delivers and keeping that in sort of a, like, sort of a tangible result that's sort of one result if you Mm. can narrow it down to that because if you're promising Mm. too many things lots of times people will say well can you even achieve that in four weeks or five weeks right then your audience starts to mistrust like what you're if you're over promising Mm. of what you can deliver um so really ironing out that that offer promise and then building your messaging based on that um the features are important to include as like, this is what you're going to get module sure. one, two, three. So you don't want to completely um, ditch that. But I want to, you want to kind of break out. We, I always say you have your pre-launch mm-hmm. then you have your mm-hmm. launch and then you have what we call card open, right? So it's in three phases. So your pre-launch is all like promoting your upcoming webinar sure. or challenge or that sort of thing. So you're looking to convert your audience of getting them to sign up for your launch or your webinar Mm-hmm. And then on the webinar or the challenge or however you launch it, then your messaging is different. You're now positioning your messaging to sell the offer. So create the demand for the offer. Whereas mm-hmm. the pre-launch, you're creating demand for the challenge or webinar or 
to get people to attend. The right. launch, your messaging is to sell the offer um, and create that gap or that I need this product or service to help me get what I want. And then your cart open is really, again, sort of flushing that out or finishing that out of like, you mm-hmm. have until mm-hmm. creating some kind of urgency or demand to sign right. up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, trying to think like where yeah. I'm, I'm taking all these mental notes. I'm yeah. as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to come back and like, listen to my own episode <laughs> as I start, as I totally. start to like, out. um, because it's just, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot that goes into it that you kind of have to be, you have to think about and think through it ahead of time. Otherwise, I think that's when people find that it's not successful for them is yeah. when they just sort of like go out there. It's not, and I say this a lot to my clients, like it is definitely not an if you build it, they will come scenario. Totally. Like you have to, you have to demonstrate value and show, you know, those tangible benefits and explain to people why. And you can you yeah. have to create that demand. Yeah. Like hopefully you've done your market research and you know that there is a desire for whatever it is that you're putting out into the world. Yeah. But sometimes you also have to remind those people that totally. they want this and that they've said that they need it or they've wished they've had it at one point. And now you can solve that and you can help them through that through that space. And I think the testing, right? So we often like that build it and they will come idea is like one mistake I always say entrepreneurs make is like that Mm -hmm. thing, like I'll just open my business brick and mortar or online business and people just naturally gravitate towards me. But if you look at like startups or Kickstarter, right, they were created on the premise that you like put something out there and even test it. So even Mm -hmm. testing your course is like a beta, right? Is like, I'm going to see if people want this or, and then you can build it to the way that they actually do, right? So you've got an idea of what you want, but you might attract a bunch of people and then realize like, oh my God, this isn't, or I need to add this or I need to pivot, which is where I'm sort of at in my business, having been in business now for two years, I've got a lot of data from working with people Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly refining my programs to better meet my audience's need, knowing that the first time I launched it, it wasn't like I hit a home run by any stretch, right? right? So just having that, you know, sort of freedom to say, okay, I'm going to put this out there. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to learn a ton about why it didn't work. Right, right. Absolutely. I think that's super, I think it's super smart. And I think just going in with the mindset of like, I'm, I'm here to really learn a lot because you don't have to, you don't have to hit a home run. Certainly like you're aspiring to get to that point. But I think something to keep in mind too, so that people don't get bogged down in the fear is that like, as long as you still add value to the people who do attend like your early courses, then you're still doing really well, right? You know, it's just as you just don't want to get to the point where people are like, why did I even pay for this? You want to avoid that totally. Scenario. But being like a little totally. bit ahead and just saying, okay, here, I've I've taught you like a few things, you know, is a great first place to start. And also delivering. So I always say that, you know, when you launch and say you get 100 people sign up or 60 people sign up or whatever, that building that know, like, and trust takes time. Mm -hmm. And that just because somebody signed up for your challenge today and didn't buy 
doesn't mean they're not going to buy in the future. I just had a client recently sign a new one-to-one and that's exa- they're, that person had been in their audience for six months. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, if you're constantly showing up and adding value and nurturing your audience, even if they don't buy, don't write them off as like, they're never going to buy. Mm-hmm. It just might take them time to build that no like, and trust. And so, um, yeah, just keep adding that value and serving, serving them. Right. Right. It's, it's what you said is kind of like a combination of a lot of advice I've gotten over the past year, which is like show up consistently, even on the days that like nobody is buying, show up. Yeah. Um, because it builds that like no and trust. And just because somebody is not a good fit for you right now doesn't mean they're not a good fit for you in the future. They're just totally. at a not yet step. Totally. And it could be for a variety of reasons. So if you continue to show up consistently, you will hopefully get them to a point where they are ready to invest. And they're like, oh, okay, like I've, you have addressed everything or I'm at a point. And sometimes it's really just like, um, it's not even that they don't trust you or anything. Like they might be all in and it might just be like a timing thing. Like I just don't have the cash right now to invest totally. or whatever it is. And so, um, you know, you see those people and you'll start to kind of see them. I think like as you, um, as you go along, you'll kind of notice the people that consistently show up to trainings, that free trainings that you have, or yeah. are asking you questions or engaging with you because they're kind of, they're moving themselves through, through that process. It's that, I always say that buying customer journey, right? Mm -hmm. That they're on and that we're all at different levels. Um, Some people buy spontaneously, like in the moment, they just, this is happening. Or if you're like my spouse, it takes a year (laughs) and a half to buy a barbecue because you want to do all your research and right. So it's just, it's just different ways of making decisions. And um, yeah, it just, it just, takes takes time to 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 get to comfortable or to be ready to to make that trip right. purpose. So yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing because my husband is very much very much like that. He yeah. like I read like two things. I've probably been following whatever product I'm thinking about for a really long time. And so by the time I get to the point where I want to buy, I'm like, I know, yep, you're it. Yeah. Whereas he's like comparing and he's got spreadsheets. We recently bought a oh, new car and yeah. It had to happen in like a sort of compressed amount of time because his car kind of died. Yeah. And he's like comparing all these different trucks and he's asking me all these questions and he's like, and then there's this. And he would randomly like come and find me and sit down and like monologue to me for 10 minutes. And I was just like, make just a pick, decision. Just yeah. pick one. Like it's not. I, I was like, it is a big decision. I mean, a car, I guess, is a big decision, but I was like, you're asking me about like minute details was like, I already told you the one that I liked. Like, so if you're asking my opinion, it's still that. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to come back. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's just the way that they process and make the decisions. But the barbecue was hilarious because it was basically (laughs) the same thing. And I'm like, does it cook steak? Does it cook hamburgers? Like, I don't, (laughs) what are we deciding here? (laughs) Are the knobs shaped differently? Where are we going with this? Does it cook itself? I don't have to do anything. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. It preps my meals for me. Yes, that's the one we're getting. Sign me up. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So what is, do you have like a course that you have witnessed from one of your clients that you're like, this was, it went really seamless and here's why. And 
or like the offer was just kind of like something that you looked at and you're like, wow, this just really hit the nail on the head. And you've kind of like taken a note or a lesson to pass on to other clients for. Like something that I've offered or something that my clients have offered? Something that either one. Yeah. So it's interesting because messaging that sells is helping people craft compelling coffee Mm -hmm. that converts. Um, But a lot of times people come through uh, my program and it's actually the mindset of helping them get off the sidelines, go out and launch, get back up in the Mm -hmm. face of failure that they've actually expressed. So they said that the the title, which is something that I'm looking at recreating or, or wording differently is because the title doesn't describe what I, they actually get in the program is what they said. Like it, mm. at the purest form of what I'm offering, it's not, um, it doesn't describe that in the title. And so that's a big learning for me is that I'm putting out that messaging that sells, but that's not what they're getting. And so now that's part of what I'm doing in my business is taking everything that I've learned um, and trying to even perfect it even more so that it reflects what they get in the program. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. And then I've got, I have lots of clients that come to me with like these brilliant ideas and they tell me it. And then I'm like, okay, I don't see the problem. <laughs> you know, like you've articulated, but they're, they're in their head of overthinking. Like, sure. is this good enough? Is this going to work? And I'm like, what you have is awesome. And I would invest in it, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. I think it just goes to show that even as experts, like there is still, fine tuning and tweaking and changes that you make on a regular basis. Totally. Like just because we know marketing doesn't mean that like ours is perfect right out of the gate. Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I should listen to my self-talk because I've been like fretting about changing my branding specifically because I'm like, it should have been the best the first time around. I know we put, especially as marketers, we put our, put pressure on ourselves to get it mm-hmm. right or to not reflect or put out there like, I don't, I'm also working through my own process. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that I can market better for other people, but when it comes to my yes. own stuff, it's so hard for me to articulate what I'm doing because yeah. there's just that added pressure of, of getting it right or, yeah. Yes, yes, totally. It reminds me of, have, did you ever watch the show on Bravo, The Millionaire Matchmaker? No. So she, it's exactly what she sounds like. She's a, she's a matchmaker for celebrities and she like has this like amazing track record of finding these millionaires and celebrities. They're like true love, but she's single and she talked about it all the time. She was just like, it's really hard to turn your gift and your genius in on yourself. It's really, when you're really good at it, it's really easy to like help other people through the process, but like turning it in on yourself is always really hard. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah, is it the, is. That is the truth. Like I get, I get it. it totally is. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. And then you're always afraid of being judged. Like, well, if you can't do it for yourself, how do you do it for someone else? And you're like, I promise I can do it for other people. <laughs> totally. Okay? Totally. So as as your clients come to you and they're kind of sitting there on the sidelines, ready to go, and then they get past that point and they're like, okay, I'm going. Is there one thing that everyone should be focused on that you tell your clients to focus on, one component to make sure that they're really creating those messages that resonate with their ideal customers? Yeah. So for me, it goes back to that listening piece, Mm -hmm. right? And that um, really listening to what your audience 
wants, but not at face value. So when someone comes to you mm-hmm. and says, I'm scared of this, what's below the fear, right? So sure. I'm scared to share my story. That usually translates to, or I don't want to, I'm it's too vulnerable, right? If sure. I share the story out there, it's usually that fear of judgment, fear of what others are going to think about them. Are they, is it good enough? So you want to kind of uncover even one step below mm-hmm. what they're telling you at face value. Um, but I, to me, it's the listening piece is really listening to what your audience wants. They're telling you in subtle ways through their actions, uh, what they're posting on social media, the questions that they ask. So not even your own clients, but also the people out there. So going into groups and even just observing what's being said, what's being asked, where they're at, um, that sort of thing is I think the biggest key to really, I mean, there's probably a couple more components again, is like being showing up authentically is a big one, right? It's like being relatable to your audience is huge. So not filtering that voice, not filtering that messaging. um, Totally. And and that takes time. I think is the more you flex that muscle, um, the better at it you're going to get. So for sure, for sure. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I know I have learned a lot about course creation. I I think I have underestimated and need to to kick myself into gear <laughs> and, yeah. and get going on mine a little bit more. Um, so that has that's good, right? I awesome. learned a lot. Um, thank you for your time today. If listeners want to find and connect with you, if they are getting ready to launch a course and they're like, "Yes, I need this help," where do they find you? Uh, so they can find me at creativelyowned.com or at Creatively Owned on Facebook or Instagram is my handle. Awesome. Thank you, Catherine. This has been great. Thank you for having me. Of course. I don't know about you, but I always second guess my messaging and it's one area that I'm always working to improve. So I took a lot of good tidbits away from today's conversation and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other women like you find this podcast. Until next time.